And hello, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live. It's a good show we have for you tonight. We're going to talk about Tucker Carlson, really what happened with that firing, what is going on at Fox News, what will happen to Fox News. Let's get your thoughts first, Eric, on uh, the departure of Tucker Carlson. I know you'll miss him. I'm really going to miss him. He seemed great. He's um, a good guy. <laughs> that's online. It's one of my favorite lines from the end of Deadpool 2, after uh, one of the bad guys gets it in a particularly spectacular splatter. Deadpool says very dry. I'm going to miss him. Yeah. He seemed great. <laughs> so it's very interesting. You have a Russian spy cell that gets that gets popped in St. Louis for improperly trying to influence U.S. elections, and Fox News has to pay out almost a billion dollars for trying to influence the perception of U.S. elections, and then a business day later, then Tucker Carlson's gone, but also Don Lemon from CNN's gone. BuzzFeed mm -hmm. News disappears out of nowhere. And, I'm glad uh, you're doing all this, because this is really interesting. There's a, a, It's a whole bunch of things that have gone on together at the same time. And we might want to go through each of those separately. Nate Silver's podcast and website apparently is biting the dust. And his job. And yeah. influence operation. Yeah. yeah. So people will have to be unoriginal, wrong, and boring on their own. I've not heard about the Don Lemon angle, to be honest, but I maybe there is one there. But certainly when it comes to Tucker Carlson, when it comes to BuzzFeed, when it comes to Nate Silver, each of those, it's hard to avoid noticing that they have some foreign influence. You, you might say it's foreign intelligence influence. I'd probably agree with you, but I don't have any hard proof of that. But certainly that there's a lot of unusual editorial decisions. BuzzFeed particularly, they're, first of all, that's an organization that had reporters that were seducing staff members of of intelligence committees in U.S. Congress and trading sexual favors for classified intelligence. I have no problem trading sexual favors. I think it's something people should do. The, it's the injection of the, the classified defense information that's a felony to traffic. That's the problem. And that's the kind of organization BuzzFeed was. They also published their version without really any authentication of the origin or the integrity of what we call the Steele dossier, which mm -hmm. it's been suggested to me that what if that wasn't really Steele's dossier or it was lots of it or in every, in every kind of Russian-y sort of disinformation campaign, you leave some in, you add some that wasn't there and you take some out. BuzzFeed not only fed out the Steele dossier on the exact day that the intelligence community came out to talk about the foreign influence in the 2016 election. It then turned around and immediately started smearing people that were actual professionals and not juvenile Brooklyn journalist types who actually knew what they're talking about in national security. There's been questions about BuzzFeed, and there have certainly been questions about Tucker Carlson. And tonight on MSNBC, the producer who was fired from, and who's currently suing Fox News, Abby Grossberg, was, did an exclusive interview with Nicole Wallace. It's a fascinating wow. interview. And in fact, so far, all the headlines have sort of missed the story. And the interview was really well done by Nicole, so she deserves credit for that. But the actual lead in the story, I think everyone's missing, is the things she was doing as she was about to get fired and the things that she's been deposed about was the January 6th tapes. These are the tapes that Tucker Carlson got from the Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy gave him 40,000 hours, or maybe it's less than 40,000 hours we're now hearing, of tapes so he could formulate his own version of what happened on January the 6th. 
which in this case, oh, that's right. Which in this case was basically that the, it was a bunch of FBI informants that really did January the sixth. It wasn't insurrectionists. It was people pretending to be Proud Boys, but were actually FBI agents who who did January sixth. That is not the case. In fact, just if anyone's wondering. There's no FBI. Well, I mean, there might have been FBI informants. Let's give this a little bit of oxygen and yeah. latitude here. The FBI sometimes does tricky stuff. They have people pose inside of cults, mob families for years to decades. So yeah. they do tricky stuff, but that's all classified. It's all confidential. It's all closely held. So people don't die. And that's not journalism. That's it. Yeah, but it's, not, but it's not. These insurrectionists were real insurrectionists, the Proud Boys. And we saw it on oh, yeah. TV. We could see what was going on. That was not a bunch of informants. The great thing about having had hundreds to over 1,000 prosecutions here, many of which are guilty pleas, at any time, if those guys are like, hold on, I actually work for the Department of Justice. I am a U.S. government employee, and I should not be prosecuted. They've all had the opportunity for that. I think it would be malfeasance or misfeasance at any rate if the FBI didn't have some people in there, if DHS didn't have some people on the ground. Of course course they did. But we, and the idea that this is entirely a a figment of our federal imaginations, then who are the thousand people that just pleaded guilty? Because if, you know, that dude actually worked for the FBI, one, I don't know how he made his physical, because, you know, a lot of those guys... Didn't look like they were going to get to 80 sit-ups at any any point. (laughs) And they could have bailed out. But they no, they didn't because they're not FBI agents. They're not feds. And they did attempt to overthrow the U.S. government. And you can tell because um, saying that you worked for the FBI the whole time is a really way to get out, a really good way of getting out of prison, which many people want to do. If they, if you can get out of prison, you, you will, especially, sorry, I was actually on mission for the U S government. Please don't put me in federal pen. That's something a lot of people would do and not go, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go to upstate New York and go. People don't choose jail is what you're saying. And in this case, there, there might've been some informants. Absolutely. But Tucker's point was that the whole thing was really about FBI informants in the problem was starting an insurrection and lying. I don't know, whatever it is. That and they, that's further sedition. Further sedition. Further this sedition. is why I think he's been fired. I'm going to play you these clips by Abby Grosberg. And this is my, the premise tonight is I think what they have seen coming, having just had this really awful settlement that's to 780 7 million or something like that. That's yeah. nothing for narrative, but that can really add yeah. up after a while. Yeah, especially for Fox. So, but imagine they've got another one of these coming. So this was just a libel case. But what if they've actually got a, a potential thing coming in their legal future that could involve Tucker Carlson actually being involved somehow, which would involve Fox News directly in covering up the events of January the 6th? in some sort of conspiracy, now that is a whole other matter. That is a very serious matter because who's he defrauding then? American people. Um, that's a, that's not even, we're not, that's not just a, a, a check you have to write. That, that's oh, a crime. I, yeah. And if I can just detail the, the four corners of conspiracy charges, yeah. especially a fairly large conspiracy, you do not have to know every part of a conspiracy or have your hands in every part of a conspiracy in order to be charged criminally in mm-hmm. a conspiracy. You need to have had a meeting of the minds and known that you were doing at least your part of it. And then you have to have taken acts in furtherance of that conspiracy, but you do not need to know every part of it and to have understood the gravity of what you're doing. Yeah. If if so, if the totality of what you're doing helped seditious conspiracy, pardon me, helped seditious conspiracy, 
then you can catch a seditious conspiracy charge because that is how conspiracy charges work. You just got to do your part and you right. can be in real trouble. And I, this is this is pretty close to that definition. Let me remind you that this man, you have Kevin McCarthy, chose only Tucker Carlson <laughs> of the entire media to give 40,000 hours of surveillance tape, which belongs to the American people, of what happened on January the 6th. So Tucker Carlson could stitch together his own version of events that happened on January the 6th to counteract what the committee had found out you and, know, in their and May I get law dorky here yeah. too? Yeah. It, it, that's assuming that none of McCarthy's people or McCarthy didn't change any part of those documents. Now, if you start altering public record, mm. you can go pretty close to, I think, a 18 U.S. Code 1519 charge. That's 20 years. If you start screwing around with something that's being investigated, if you change the documents themselves. Well, what if uh, you gave someone to, you gave it to somebody that you know might be working for a, under the influence of a foreign intelligence agency. What if your that, own... That's espionage. Yeah. What if you... That's, esp that espionage, is, right? that's espionage. Mm -hmm. And if you create a false version of something, that's forgery. We're just in... They're in a bucket of syrup because well, they're we're trying to overthrow the U.S. Here, right? We're just looking around the edge. No, we're not. <laughs> but it's, we're actually not. No, they, we watched them try and overthrow yeah. the government. They said, we're going to overthrow the government. Yeah. We're going to, we have long guns. We're going to, we're going to occupy these buildings. That's violent insurrection. We know that. And we know these guys destroy records. We know they, they, they alter documents. They create their own versions of things. And this is a criminal investigation. Yeah. And that's the thing. Once once there's a federal investigation rolling, that's why I bring up 1519 in Title 18. Once there's an investigation rolling, uh, if you start screwing with the records in any way, mm -hmm. impeding any of that, boy, you're in 20 year prison sentence land. They don't the, the feds don't like that. Then there's your general 371 Title 18 felonies that are just generalized conspiracy against the United States. Anything where you're screwing around and trying to harm the United States interest, and that can be interpreted quite broadly by a criminal prosecutor, yeah, that's a five-year perk up to 20-year perk, depending on what you're doing. So these guys are they've been, they're seditionists. Well, they are. And let's not forget that Kevin McCarthy has lobbyists in his, in his immediate circle with close ties to some of these foreign countries as well. There's, some, there's been some speculation that he's very heavily influenced by some lobbyists with close ties to Israel. That, so, Jeff Miller fellow is... You're going to mention names. Comes to mind. <laughs> as I, you're so good at this. All right, so let's listen to what Abby Grosberg told Nicole Wallace today. Tucker was very set on finding an FBI person who was implanted in the crowd and spinning this conspiracy that they were ultimately the ones responsible for the Capitol attack, not Fox News, as they're about to go into the Dominion trial, that it was really the FBI that set up this thing, not Fox telling the American people that the election was rigged and the voting machines did it. And when I went back to them and said, look, there's no conspiracy theory here. I called this attorney that's representing one of the Proud Boys, and he flat out told me on two occasions, there is no conspiracy. Get away from this stuff. This is dangerous. Tell Tucker to stop. I'll come on your show and represent my client, but I absolutely will walk off if he asks me this. And the response was, well, find somebody else. Tucker is really intent on this. And that wore my mental health, too, because by that time, I had really begun to connect the dots that the programming that we were putting on the air every night was not just 
generating business, but also generating hatred in the audience. And after January 6th, I had this wake up moment that this is hurting people. People are getting angry and people are acting out on that anger. And this is not okay. And I don't want to be part of that. It sounds like Tucker Carlson, despite having his own producers, his own senior producers saying, there is no story here. There is no FBI informant here that is that somehow magically created this insurrection. And you're chasing a dead end. And yet he went ahead and still ordering his editorial staff to continue to find this. Now, I didn't see the final product that Fox News put out, that Tucker Carlson put out on that day. And I don't know if they actually finally alleged as much as they, as much as she's saying that they did. But there was this character, this Mr. Epps guy, who was wrongly identified as being a, some sort of informant, and he's not. The FBI has flat out said, absolutely not. He's been on 60 Minutes this week and said the same thing. And yet Tucker Carlson basically created a mythology around this man and a mythology around January the 6th that would have potentially convinced his very influential audience. He's got his biggest cable news show on in, in, in the United States. All those people believe what he says would have convinced them that the FBI were actually responsible for the insurrection of January the 6th. It's not about influential audience. It's interesting that they have so many people watching this and that one guy, Mike Lindell, with the damn pillow thing, he's got he's the one who has to put up 40% of the cash for this. Yeah. Something tells me that's not all from pillow sales. That's it's just a spot. So these guys are all this influential. They're so influential, but none of the regular businesses want to pay money to advertise there. This is, look, Fox is going away, thank God. It's clearly, it's not going to survive under the weight of all the various operations it's run. Because they've never, they're not just in criminal territory, because that, that needs to rise to a pretty high level. Certainly when you start messing around with the, the Speaker of the House, you're in some conspiracy territory that it's criminal. Yeah. But there's also, these are civil penalties. That's what, what really happened with Dominion is they said, yo, we, our company depends on our reputation and you just ruined our reputation. Our reputation is that if you buy our stuff, you're going to have a secure election and we have technology and techniques and personnel. We're better than the average government employee we're specialized in this and there's and if that sounds somehow weird or creepy don't forget that our or space rockets and jet fighters are also contracted on the same basis lockheed martin and general dynamics and northrop grumman we all agree that they are better at making fighter airplanes than the the general services administration or mm -hmm. the department of agriculture at making jet planes yeah. right so yeah, there's specialized yeah. we have private contractors for stuff all the time got to keep a good leash on them i think but that's yeah. normal yeah. these guys are like yo this news company just destroyed the value of our company because we worked long and hard to have our reputation just to interject that this is a sensitive subject for me given that when i said hey everyone look at russian intelligence doing some stuff my my reputation was assassinated and it cost me a lot of money and most everybody will tell you the same thing. It, when they run into these defamation machines, mm -hmm. these reputation assassins, that's what they're there to do. They're there to take your money. They're there to make you miserable and embarrass you in front of your community. And that is what Tucker Carlson is doing, only he's picking the FBI yeah. now. They already did Dominion and Smartmatic, and Dominion came and said, yo, so we'd make 200000 a year, seven times that. Sometimes earnings would be about our net, the net present value of our company, and that'd be about $1.6 So pay us that. And mm -hmm. Fox settled out with 60% of that, which 
they basically knew they were going to lose. It was going to mm-hmm. be even worse. Smartmatic apparently is going to kick their asses even harder. And so th- that's the civil stuff here. It would, so Tucker Carlson and Kevin, Mac- Kevin McCarthy have moved on to trying to defame the law enforcement function. And to fraud American people. They basically are setting up a perception that the American elections do not work, that that the entire event was imagined, the Department of Justice doesn't work. The Department of Justice is there to harm American democracy. That makes them kind of enemies of the republic. Yeah. This this is is sedition. Yeah. This is sedition. And this is not the same thing as whistleblowing. And this is not the same thing as reporting where, look, we need the media in general. We need somebody telling the stories of, hey, I don't understand these guys. I understand they're powerful and all that. But some people here are abusing our trust. Mm -hmm. They're abusing their their oaths. And I'm going to expose this at great risk. We need that in a free Republican. We're going to need that for forever that's the fight in democracies doesn't go away i think that's something we've learned you take your eye off the ball there you're in for trouble that so that is a hallowed hallowed democratic function and that is not what fox news does that is certainly not what tucker carlson has done and i wonder if there hasn't been more inquiry into just exactly what happened with kevin mccarthy interference a conspiracy to interfere with the public perception of the January 6th events. There hasn't been enough uh, scrutiny of this, and there really needs to be scrutiny because, and I think this is ultimately why there's other reasons, and I'll show you the others in a minute, but the big overriding reason I think that they've done this to Tucker and his producer is because they know, as we know here on Narrative, as we've been reporting, that they have exposure to intelligence operations in, in News Corp at Fox, and that Rupert Murdoch has been tied to these intelligence operations, whether it's the American ones or the Israeli ones or, or others. They're, he's been involved in those. So now if his staff at these networks are also carrying out operations for foreign intelligence, like he has in the past, then it becomes very, very personally liable, liable, personally challenging for Rupert Murdoch himself, because he can no longer hide behind. He's typically doing here what he's done with every other scandal, is blame the editors, blame the people, the reporters on the ground, blame the anchors, got to fire as many of them as they can, but nothing ever touches him. Nothing ever touches him or his family. And he's doing this again here. But it's not going to work so well here because we know, Rupert, we know that you're being involved with these intelligence operations over the last few decades. We've seen them. We know them. We're reporting them out right here on Narrative. This week on Narrative Spy Murdoch, we're going to be getting even further into this cooperation, the apparent cooperation between two rivals, Robert Maxwell and Rupert Murdoch. Why were they cooperating? We know one of them was an Israeli spy. Maybe the other guy was an Israeli spy. Oh, Probably the only guy who could have told us was Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, interesting. Rupert Murdoch could tell us too, I bet you. And he's got his That's own. That's true. He's got his own interests in Israel. We He's, he's uh, runs newspapers there. He's owned, uh, owned run, thinks he has the Jerusalem Post there. But he's certainly very close to Bibi Netanyahu, as we pointed out last week. On this show, Wait, is he's Jerusalem Post. I think he's Jerusalem Post. I better make sure of that, but I think he is. And then BB is try to get him to buy my. If you remember that, we reported that last week in 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. it was BB who personally reached out to Rupert Murdoch and tried to negotiate a deal for this newspaper in Israel. So it's, it's prime ministers don't tend to do that. Presidents don't tend to call up and say, "Hey, will you buy a newspaper?" It tends to be the newspapers that sell it to newspapers. So why is the Israeli prime minister, who's also has an intelligence operation pass, why? 
why is he asking Rupert Murdoch and James Murdoch to buy the number one Israeli newspaper? And Mr. Milken, as we also reported last week, is a spy. Why is he involved in all of this? Why how come he's involved? And so you've got these are interesting questions, important questions, because if this is an Israeli operation, then oh, that's a serious thing that Tucker Carlson and maybe if Kevin McCarthy was involved in that, maybe that's a very serious thing that they did. But is that crazy what I'm saying? Is, am I making sense there? Does that make sense to you? Right up the middle for me. But... Yeah, it, it's not gonna, it doesn't, when you start adding up these dots, it's where do you go? It's hard, it's disappointing to hear that the ally would do this to a country which has given Israel so much. In fact, I don't believe Israel would even exist without the United States of America. And so to have had that happen, and then to have this kind of like, just broad scale manipulation, these lies, these operations happening to people like you and me personally, like we both suffered at the hands of these kinds of operations, also coincidentally tied to Rupert Murdoch's enterprise, or maybe not so coincidentally tied to Rupert Murdoch's enterprise. And then you've got all this stuff. So it, it certainly begs the question of, and certainly requires more investigation. Let's listen to Abby Grosberg again now with Nicole Wallace from earlier on today. It started sort of around the holiday period that we, I had a, colleague who was Israeli and they do this thing with HR where you become this global ambassador for Fox for the show and you get $10,000 essentially to represent the program as a diversity ambassador and the whole staff was white. So they recommended that he be that person because Israelis and Jews are minorities and they first suggested it in a meeting and then they brought it to him. I think he was shocked and they said he could use that money to buy pizza for the whole staff for a year. Now, I know HR claims they did an investigation and they said that some of these things were said, but the feelings about it in the office were different than me. Is Abby there trying to come on and say that Fox is some big anti-Israeli, anti-Jewish? No, I think she's saying that she's saying they they were pushing this notion that there's an anti-Semitic thing that Tucker Carlson was pushing out there, that that they were. I remember a video between Sean Hannity and Jim Traficant, who's the, a deceased congressman now, but I'm not sure if this had been sort of scrubbed from their archives, but I saw an old, I'm going to say 2009 or so interview with Traficant where he was, you know, he's a guy who went down for corruption, went to prison, got, got some mob ties. I heard there were Russian mob ties. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Sean Hannity and he's like, look, this is the deal. I'm a national security guy and we're being harmed by going along with Israel. We're told that these guys are allies and they're not. And Sean Hannity turned himself inside out. He's that's just crazy. And you're, and Traficante was a, Traficante was a, was a Republican. But when he stepped on that, uh, that Israel nerve there, Sean Hannity knew that needed to get shut down. So I don't know between that and Rupert Murdoch and the connections to the to, to Maxwell, who's buried in Jerusalem. I don't know. I just don't given Fox news's role in, pumping the, you know, the Iraq War II electric boogaloo in mm-hmm. 2003. I think if anyone's trying to push that somehow Fox is an anti-Likud property, I think 
I think the ladies doth protest yeah. too much. Look, I think as well, we have to remember that things like Breitbart was started by Bibi Netanyahu. Breitbart's supposedly anti-Semitic at times as well, and anti-Israel at times, but really started by Bibi Netanyahu. There's Steve Bannon and I, but God damn, there are a lot of, not, there are a lot of Nazis around this Netanyahu guy. It seems to be pretty, pretty interesting. Pretty covered with them. Harlan Crow is at the American Enterprise Institute, chock full of Jewish fellas, yeah. and nobody went, hey, this guy's got busts of Mussolini and Hitler and a bunch of Hitler dinnerware and stuff. Hitler napkins. If you go to his house, you're eating off Hitler napkins. Yeah. And nobody, it's just something's up here. It's a really interesting point you're making because, you know, the truth of it is the this maybe it's not a mirage maybe it really existed but this amplification of these sort of far-right extremist views were created by Breitbart. They were that was Bibi Netanyahu's thing. It's there's the photograph. You see it? The famous and, photograph yeah. of the guys all hanging out and it's in like, Jerusalem. Okay. Let's starting let's start the Breitbart. So they're Nazis. Yeah, let's start the extreme right, the alt-right. That's where it began. And so it's this is the same crowd that Mr. Tucker Carlson is talking to. This is exactly the same group of people. In fact, did you hear her mention that there were only whites on staff? This because this was really their diversity play, right? They give ten thousand dollars to the one person who's diverse in their staff, but there's no one diverse on their staff because they're all white. So they give it to the Israeli to the Israeli guy, who's I do want to know who he is, just because wouldn't that be interesting? So it's interesting that firstly that they had such awful perceptions of what a company uh, diversity policy should be like and how they should be handling things and how just how awful they were in terms of that, but. Secondly, it raises a lot of questions about the kind of who, who in their right minds puts out that as a suggestion to a policy like that in a company. If you're running a company that's, it's a serious enterprise, Fox News. It's not some small, tiny company. And this is how you're handling your stuff inside. This is your HR mechanisms inside by giving $10,000 to, to, to a Jewish guy because that's the minority. It's a bit offensive the way they operate. It's interesting. I mean, that it's a bunch of white people is probably not surprising, but that you're like, let's find the one Israeli here and he's the diversity hire. I, it's, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I want to back off from the conspiracies yeah, yeah. and just go, also, Tucker sucked. He, he's not a journalist. He does not have information. He's one of the more irritating human beings that ever slithered across this planet surface. He's gone and the, the media landscape and generally the world is better for it. So also, I remember Tucker Carlson as a pretty good, like decent conservative type, like back in the day, like on CNN, he was annoying, let's be honest, completely annoying, but his policies were very sort of mainstream conservative. Now he suddenly in this iteration, he's become this incredible racist insurrectionist. It's just like, how did that all change in a person? Did people change that much that they would go from being a typical fiscal conservative to being a a Nazi, basically, a right-wing person. He, like he's from an ultra-wealthy family. He's mm. from the Swanson TV dinner family fortune. And mm. he you know, had no other accomplishments. He was put on the TV because of family connections. And he was he's not a product of American meritocracy. Mm. He's a product of American autocratic elitism. And then he moved into trying to destroy the democracy out that the rest of us have to live under. And mm. uh, he's a threat to this country. And uh, I hope he is prosecuted and I hope he goes to prison because the things he did are just as bad and worse than what Douglas Mackey did in uh, in the case that he was re recently prosecuted for, where he was trying to stop 
black people from voting by putting out disinformation say hey you can vote by by text and other uh, other bits of information and uh, it was offensive and he was prosecuted under 18 us code 241 was conspiracy against civil rights there are certain established certain and established rights under the constitution to vote and he interfered with those and i think that's on a much larger scale, that's what Tucker was doing, is he was trying to cast doubt upon whether or not we can land. The whole point of, you know, doing like statistical projections in an election is like, all right, where are we at 9 p.m.? Mm-hmm. They have the, all these mathematicians go, look, we don't know exactly how many of this is going to be counted up, but this is the interval of confidence we have when this, when we see this in these precincts, this is the ultimate total. And we use science, we use the powers of the enlightenment of empirical evidence and all that good stuff about civilization to say, all right, guys, by the end of that night, we're like, okay, this guy won. And then somebody makes, they don't know the exact outcome, but somebody makes a concession speech and what's been going on. And this is the plan for Trump. Who was planning on, on turning America into a bloodbath if he didn't win, because they mm-hmm. didn't think he was going to win. Then he won. That peaceful transfer of power depends on somebody saying, all right, it looks like this guy won. And they get in touch with the, the campaigns. And do you agree that I won? Yeah, okay, congratulations. I'm sure you're going to do the great in the job, you son of a bitch. And then they move on and there's a victory speech. And then the, the transfer of power happens. And maybe there was some tomfoolery, but there, there is a transfer. And that is, okay, these are what the numbers say this week. Or the, today, tonight, from start, we opened the polls at 7 a.m. And it, we stopped voting at seven or five six seven p.m i forget what it is and then they, we can't count up and we put that put that all together especially on a presidential year that depends on faith in the system attempting to destroy the faith in this to go no you don't have to accept that in fact you can take up arms and kill people over it mm-hmm. that's that it's sedition and that is if that is incitation it's inciting violence and I have a right as a citizen of this country, we have technology that can count up whether somebody voted for this guy or that guy for a governor, right? Mm-hmm. We've got that technology. We've got it deployed. It is not up for debate. Is there screwing around? Yes. Will there always be? As long, unless we have something that's cryptologically, mathematically, utterly locked down, there's going to be messing around at the local level. But we still, and there always has been. Mm-hmm. We have to still put together a government and have a transfer of that power. And by him and the other people like him going, no, actually, I'd like all the people who own AR-15s to not believe this. I'm going to whip them up into violence. Other people are going to whip them up into violence. We're going to work together on this. We're going to say your vote didn't really count. You, You can't. You cannot have a new government as a result of your voting. You can't have one yet because I want these people to bring their weapons to Washington, D.C. and shoot everybody up. Yeah. And that's criminal activity. And Tucker Carlson needs to go to penitentiary over it. You're absolutely right. You know, they've segmented all these crimes into these like Fulton County crimes being one of them. And it's fine. That's the way they need to do it. If we pull back the whole thing, it's one giant conspiracy. It starts with the big lie, but it ends with January the 6th. Part of continues beyond January the 6th. But it's all one giant conspiracy to subvert the vote, to take away the rights of Americans to vote and to install some sort of dictatorship in America. That's just what it looks like. And so... You know, who's involved in that? And is it if there are people outside of the American of America that are involved in it, who are they? And we might be able to add some names to who those people might be. And then you're asking, is this a foreign government plot to overthrow the elections in the in in the United States? And we're sort of we keep 
circling around this, but that's really what we're seeing from every angle. And this new angle here, this Abby Grosberg, who's, you know, who's come forward to this testimony is, it's quite chilling when you think about what she's saying about January the 6th there. And now there's another thing here that we're going to play another clip from her, where she's talking about her experience working for Maria Bartiromo. She was the only producer on Maria Bartiromo's show. And Maria is really the one scapegoated or attempted to be scapegoated for the Dominion trial. She still works at Fox News, which is interesting. And the person who landed up going was Tucker Carlson, which is also interesting. So here's what Abby said. I had been asked to spy on her by the Fox bosses and report back on what she was doing, which caused a lot of stress. And that was part of the reason I went to Tucker as well. I just physically and emotionally couldn't take it. And when I go back and listen to some of those tapes now that I have, I hear the stress in my voice and how depleted I was. And so you spied on Maria for your Fox bosses? Yes. I not spied. I would tell them what she was doing. If there were things that concerned me, spy is the wrong word, that I had handled in the past myself because we had a good relationship and can work mm-hmm. it out together. I reported those things because I became very paranoid about my job because I had been shaken down by multiple executives at the company that I had to cooperate. So that was part of the reason I went to Tucker as well. So I started like a bigger star, a bigger, safer sort of harbor at the mothership. Kind I of? wouldn't say bigger star. I felt like maybe they would protect me. That was definitely part of it. That I wasn't protected where I was. Also being mindful of the fact that she was named in the Dominion suit. That was something on my mind too that maybe if I can get away before that happens, I'll be protected. And I told them all of this. And you come to think that Fox wants to scapegoat you and Maria for Dominion. How did you come to believe? That was a gradual process. Very early, we're jumping timelines, but in November of 2021, that's about eight or nine months before this happened, I had a meeting with an executive at Fox Business who said to me, you're responsible for this whole thing, for us being sued. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you didn't put up a full screen of Dominion. And I said, I did put up their statement. Maria didn't choose to read it, but I did put it up. And he said, you just didn't control her, and now this whole company is being sued. So that kind of stuck in my mind always. And Maria definitely knew that they were out to get her. They had been playing games and marginalizing us for years what do you think of that? Lie down with dogs, get up with fleas. Yeah, yeah. And and, and how nice of how nice for of MSNBC, which has absolutely no hostile foreign intelligence ties that we've discussed recently, <laughs> to give such a wonderful platform to so many different fake national security non-experts, falsely reformed Republicans. I, it's, sorry, uh, we're talking no, about you, Tucker you, tonight, yeah. but the whole. MSNBC thing. MSNBC is not much better than Fox. Yeah. It's just more subtle about it as far as I'm concerned. But I think you're right. I think there's a lot of questions to be asked about MSNBC, but there are pockets of it. And I think Nicole Wallace is a pocket of it that is actually quite decent. Nevertheless, she's a former Republican, as you point out. But it is interesting to see that a whole interview went out. And since that interview went out, no one's really covered this the January the 6th piece of it. There's some clips out there about Maria was the one who scapegoated and there's all these other pieces, the less sort of the more personal, interpersonal ones, but the national security ones where you're like, hey, this guy was about to pin the entire January the 6th on, on uh, the FBI with the help of the Speaker of the House, that's not got any mention anywhere. That's not been picked up anywhere in the last few hours since this interview's happened. And that's very telling in my opinion. And, Look, Amiria Badroma obviously did a terrible job covering this whole thing. She obviously fell for... Terrible job covering everything. 
she she's more she is more of a mob wall street propagandist of every yeah. like corrupt hustle on the street than she is a journalist so it's the reason why she was given that first job as the reporter on that floor she was not going to harm anybody they knew that yeah, yeah. so she well didn't she start like a cnbc kind of a thing yeah she was cnbc market reporter on the floor of cnbc that was a big yeah. Thing to fame yeah right so and it's interesting the head of nbc's out too Right. Yes, that is interesting. And he was responsible for the BuzzFeed investment. So there's dots. You connect them. Thanks for reminding me that. So I was going to mention the BuzzFeed investment by NBC, which always struck me as being like this. It didn't feel right. BuzzFeed was fine, but it was like, first, the, the numbers of BuzzFeed never made any sense. Like they, they had like a $2 billion valuation. Yeah, the traffic, the stupid lists. And the stupid is like, okay, how long is this going to last for? How many lists can you possibly come up with? So it's going to last you on a business model for 10 years? It's not going to happen. It's almost like that was a construct, an excuse. Go, this is a media company. And you had all this ability to like manipulate the numbers that could justify the money you could slew us in through private equity to go see, this is a huge, very re reputable media company. And it could come out of nowhere. It could come out of literal cast list, cat listicles. And then the money that got slewest in via private equity from offshore, then that could be explained away by these, the, these statistics that could be juiced up by stacks of Huawei phones sitting off yeah. offshore. Absolutely. All the traffic in the early days of the second iteration of the tech world, of the dot-com world, that's, those numbers are not real. People don't get these millions and millions of views. They just don't. They don't get that. Half of them are bot created and the other half are, are paid for. It's just there's no ways you people have that, many, have that much time. The actual reality of the numbers that people get are far lower. But because of this, this operation to juice up these numbers, only the big, the biggest numbers, the million, million plus followers, those are the ones that got the attention. And those are the ones that became influencers. Those are the becomes, those are the ones that were speaking from a political point of view or a particular point of view. There is also, she brings to the table, does Ms. Grosberg, a, an audio clip of Mr. Carson. Is New York a one-party state or a two-party state when it comes to audio wiretaps? I think it's one party, but I can't be sure. But An audio clip of Mr. Carlson emerged in which he says, arranged marriages between adults and children are not the same thing exactly as pulling a child from a bus stop. Thanks. To, okay. So I just checked it out. It's a one-party state, so yeah. he didn't need to, There's no... No, there's not a felony just from this kind of thing. But what now is this? This is from okay. So this, this Abby, Abby, this is paragraph sixty of a civil suit that Abby Grossberg has got ready to go off the shelf. Yeah, well, Tucker got fired yesterday, right? No, this is the civil, but he's based on this lawsuit, based on this lawsuit that she filed. We think that when did she file this? This was a few weeks ago. So. Right. Uh, I've given the exact dates, but a couple, a few weeks ago. And she's got these additional tapes that came up in the last stages of discovery of the Dominion trial. I know you're acting like you're, this, you're suspicious about her and her motives. I, I don't. She's a long term. She's a long term Fox employee, so she doesn't get any cur currency with me for integrity. Yeah. I'm sorry. She doesn't have any uh, right about that, but nevertheless, she's. If, if you walk out of Deutsche Bank last week and I've got a, a tale to tell. Uh, anyone who lives, anyone who works at Fox News, you, you just have to. You have to question. Nevertheless, these are tapes. These are actual tapes of him saying this. So there's culture in there. So maybe he's been scapegoated with these tapes. Maybe they. I'm going to be, I'm going to be yeah. pointillistic about yeah. this. These are allegations yeah. thus far that are not proven in a court of law yet. Now, if she's taking that from other, from 
things that were already entered into the record in the Dominion lawsuit. Is that what's happened here? So this is the well, just... this is some of the disputed stuff that happened in the discovery of the Dominion lawsuit, right? This was the ah. uh, this is a, why didn't Fox News fess up to having these tapes? And it's one of the reasons people suspect that Fox News landed up settling uh, is because they didn't reveal these tapes. And now these tapes are going to make it even more complicated because they now had a. Uh, that's where the judge, the judge lambasted them for not being forthcoming. And so they were about to get into sanctions and, and then they were going to be asked to special master would disc special masters would have gone through all the hard drives in that company yeah. and gone, give us everything and I will decide what's admissible. But that. See, this is the problem when your media company is actually a spy agency. Yeah. It's just, it's so complicated, guys. <laughs> it really Christ. is. It really does get very complicated. It's, and so, but now you're looking at this culture that these guys were creating inside this company, which was obviously then represented on the air. And you've got this kind of this, if it is, say, influenced by a spy operation, let's call it, or inspired a spy agency of some form. What's the goal of creating an organization that is not only racist on the air, but also racist internally, that's like living and breathing racism. What is the goal behind that? And what were they doing to America throughout these last, I don't know how long Fox News has been around for, as they've been inserting themselves into the culture in a way that is just gross and racist, homophobic, and how many people have died, and how many wars have been launched, and how many things have happened based on this kind of the, this entity that was created wholly potentially by a guy who doesn't, he's not even American and, uh, and maybe with the help of a, a foreign intelligence. I'm so glad you've connected all those dots earlier on with the 538. I think that's a really important thing that's happening. This guy, again, when we think about elections in general, you, you rely on these pollsters and for the last few times, the pollsters have gotten it wrong. Certainly before the previous election, they got it wrong. And so why did they get it wrong? And why did Nate Silver, why was his projection so completely off on that one, on the 2016 election? What was it that they got him so wrong? And One of the then, reasons is that nobody had Cambridge Analytica SEL group fa factored in. Yeah. Right? And which, now, here's the thing. Nate came out and took shots at me in 2017. Guy's got 2 million followers. I'm, I got a bunch of, I have fans, but I'm also the punchline of jokes that are on basic cable that mm -hmm. year, which is quite a thing, guys. You go from being a respected professional on a very small scale to all of a sudden you're the punchline on various podcasts, even TV shows. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, but whatever, it's like poop off a raincoat for me, but all of a sudden you, you really notice when somebody is punching down at you. And so Nate Silver started punching down at me without engaging me. And I just went, oh, well, we're both forecasting professionals here. I had some questions for him this back like September, 2017. I was like, so Mr. Silver, did you, have you revisited your model from 2016? Now that you know about this computational propaganda, since clearly your model didn't include that, did you revisit it or apologize to your readers? And he was there, he was totally fine with using his corporate media power to try and punch down at my reputation, but he wasn't there in the public space to actually have a, a conversation between colleagues because I have better bona fides than he does in terms mm -hmm. of methodology and mm -hmm. my work has been going on longer and it's better. But it's funny. So what's a guy like that doing from his New York Times and ESPN and Disney Corp position punching down at uh, at people who are far beneath him in the in the ranks especially with work as faulty as his yeah 
It's a good question. I guess I won't miss him much. I wouldn't miss him much either. But and the thing, and let me add this: that the uh, the pollsters have got it so wrong that it, and they're all owned by the same company. By the way, all these polling companies are actually owned by the same company, essentially. And so you've got another opportunity and there. You and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. They, so they're influence ops. Yeah, all they're all influence ops. So you imagine you've got this news network that's purveying a whole lot of bullshit to the vo- voters. You've got voters who are basing their decisions based on polls that are a whole lot of bullshit as well. And Nate Silver, so brilliant Nate Silver, is getting it wrong. And then you land up with, hey, Donald Trump became the president because that's what the votes say. And everyone believes it because there's no way to check it. So you used to be able to check against polls. You used to be able to check against the newscasts. Now you just... Well, okay, maybe that's possible. It's a crazy world. So there's a lot that needs to get fixed in that whole election business. Speaking of election business, guess who is running again? The Biden-Harris ticket will be a ticket. In Sleepy uh, Grandpa Ice Cream. <laughs> freedom is making America great again. Personal well, freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red revolution. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. Around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. What happens in this video? When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty, respect, and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. Sleepy, sleepy. Looks very sleepy. This is, 
it's rock. This is some Rocky two shit that's about to go down here. This is. Yeah. It's, I mean, if this is Trump and Biden. Oh man, it's gonna be one hell. It's of not Trump and Biden. It's she and Biden. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Putin's Putin. Putin's down. Putin is not, Putin ain't even. Yeah, he's gone. Bibi's practically not there. This is he's only got one ass le- left to kick all the way, and that's she. Yeah, yeah. I think they're hundred percent correct there. I, mean, I think Bibi's gone. Bibi's can't survive. He Bibi's can't, fucked. He can't survive this. He can't survive the. He had his supporters tearing down the Israeli flag on Independence Day. That's yeah, two or three levels beyond January six in terms of like optics. Yeah, January six was very awful, but they didn't do it on fucking July fourth. Like they, like they, they're like Ben Gavir and all those guys. They're fucked. They're gone. Yeah, and the, the resistance they know. there, the the, the protesters there are just standing firm, and they're just determined to continue to defend their country, and they're not going to let him do anything. They're not going to let him get away with anything. He when I saw the grandmothers come out, I was like, <laughs> and it just came to me in a dream. I was like, yeah. boobies against BB. Oh, it's <laughs> over. When the it's, boobies and Zadies are in the streets, you're dead. That'll be a happy day here as soon as BB Netanyahu is out of power. That'll be, I'll declare my bias on that one. I'm not a fan of that man. But, but Biden here, we, nobody's really saw it coming. And I, I think we're pretty lucky about it i saw him coming he, I, I predicted it in 2017 i said he's the only guy who can win who can win and he's the only guy who can save america because i just believed him and i said it in a, in i knew a, he was sticking around i knew he that. was sticking around yeah. and doing the work so that's good yeah, yeah so yeah, there you go look i mean and i hope we get i ha, i hope we get an even more fucked efficient and flagrant biden i do i okay so remember when he, he's with desantis and it's definitely hot mic, right? I think yeah. this is like during the Surfside condo collapse. He goes down in person. And might have been the storms. After, might have been the storms afterwards. It might have been the. It could have been. Yeah, it could have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. But yeah, he's got the guy in the Harley Davidson T-shirt. And he goes and he's on the hot mic, and he's been doing this for forty plus years. He, he knows these things, and he goes, "Yeah, it's, I tell people you don't fuck with a Biden." And it's, that's Joe from Scranton and Delaware. That's my boy yeah, right yeah. there. That guy, the Irish guy, who like you know what? I hope he just lets it all hang out. It's like he says some dumb stuff. He like trips over words occasionally he drops f-bombs he just gets it done because he knows where he knows what all the targets are he knows who his friends are and where his enemies live and that's why you want sex and politics are the only two activities where a lack of experience somehow seems attractive and it's (laughs) not in either in many other cases, I would say. The thing is about presidents, presidents in their second terms, they do not have to give a shit. They can just do what they need to do. And he will do what he needs to do to get the job done, as he says there. And I have no doubt that's what he'll do. He certainly has been an impressive first term under the extraordinary circumstances. And he has He not has brought so many malign powers mm-hmm. into just, oh, no, we, we will totally behave here. He's got an SEC, Gary Gensler. He's basically dismantled cryptocurrency. He is completely mangling offshore banking screw jobs. He don't go, don't try and sneak around sanctions on his watch. He'll bust you. We did North Korean sanctions today, huge. And there's a bunch of oh, yeah. virtual currency exchanges that are mentioned in that document. And, and the Chinese are mentioned in this and Singaporeans are mentioned. And I got five bucks that says you're going to see Binance and FTX and cryptocurrency is going to be gone. gone before the next election he's brought he's got the drug makers making insulin for 35 bucks he's nope 
No, you don't get to do this. You don't get to shove people full of Snickers bars and give them type two diabetes and make them fat and then charge them a thousand bucks a month for insulin. Right. You don't get to do that. So I know you screwed with drug. I know you did this. I know you did that. I can shut your companies down. I can break up into 18 pieces, or you can give people insulin for 35 bucks or I'll break your knees. Do it. He's got, he's got the Putin. He does, you don't even hear Putin's name anymore. And he's just negotiating from a point of strength with Xi Jinping. That's a hell of a lot for any president to accomplish when you inherit the seditious conspiracy that tried to keep you from taking office in the first place. This guy's got this done in two and a half to three years. You also That's have the most amazing yeah. bureaucratic job in our history. Yeah, an entire opposition that isn't even answerable to the American people, but it seems to be answerable to a foreign country or foreign countries. That's to be able to pass legislation like he has done in the last few years. With the tiny minority, majority, it's just incredible. It's incredible stuff that he's been able to pull off. And, he's, and I, people I'd like, criticizing, but really. I'd like to take it back. I think there are three analogs in American history yeah. where you've had this much work come together to set this nation on a course and a right course. And that is George Washington going from fighting the British to setting up the nation to begin with. Yeah. Lincoln inherited a shit show. Yeah. He inherits chaos from Buchanan. The country breaks apart. He musters the union army and, and the, the officers weren't really ready for that they should have won mcclellan though we could get into that he it, it was not easy and lincoln not only puts u.s grant in charge gets the southerners to surrender before too much more time goes on and brings them back into the union and sets us on an uneasy course that we still he gets us back on the right track fdr inherits the collapse of the 20s, the roaring 20s economy, the Great Depression, and then he rescues us from that, sets us on a course to not only defeat the Axis powers in World War II, but really sets up the American century and in, in, a, in a few years. And I think Biden is the next one in that line. I think he's the fourth who takes a very weak, precarious position where America's in trouble, and in three years has just whipped this country up in terms of its leadership and its institutional integrity. It's not perfect by, any, if anything, it's more identified a lot of the places that are that are falling behind or that are, have not met the mark. And Biden's also setting it up for the next generation. There's a groundswell of young people who are entering politics that are principled and determined and are fully registered by all accounts. They are going to continue to... They're going to inherit a much better America from Joe Biden than they would have from any other president. And they'll be, have a clean slate in which to build an incredible future. And that is the generation that is not bothered by Biden's age at all. They're quite happy to have the experienced guy in there right now because they know that he knows what he's doing. One day you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues.
narrative. Where truth lives.